When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, Leafs fans. Welcome back, Game Over fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Thabians. If it is your first time here, welcome to Game Over Toronto. If it is your hundredth time here, welcome. Welcome back. Happy to have you. It is Lauren on tonight. We have Armin Panthiki with me. Uh, the Leafs decide to go to the shootout again for the third time in 21 games, which is has to be the most that they've gone to the shootout in recent memory, at least or this early in the season. Um, they do come out with the win, thank goodness. Mitch Marner, Mitch Bubble Boy Marner having the best night of his season by far tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Zadorov trade later on. We're going to take your questions. But first, we are going to talk about the game. Arman, it, it felt a little bit like tonight's game was... It felt like all Leafs fans were saying, I just want the Leafs to show up on time, but it was like the cursed monkey paw that was curling over on itself. <laughs> and it was like, oh, so we're going to play the game backwards. Instead of the yeah. Leafs not showing up until 30 minutes left in the game, they're going to play great for the first 25. And then... Yeah, it's... They're never a dull team, eh? Like, just always something going on. Honestly, the first 20 minutes, though, that was like the best first period I think they played all season. Yeah. Like, just completely controlled play. Commanding but lead. It, 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 yeah. It very easily could have been 3 nothing by the end of the first. Yeah, it was pretty sure. much the exact opposite as the Florida game. Yes. Where, yep. yeah, it was, like, literally the exact, exact opposite game. But we both, uh, we got both wins. So, you know, a point is a point, or two points are two points. Yeah. Or as as uh, someone at the very beginning before we actually went live, because we do watch the chat before it goes live, a win is a win is a win, which is absolutely right. Uh, if you are just joining us, welcome to Game Over. Uh, my name is Lauren. Over here on the other beautiful hand side of the screen, we have Arman. Um, you are on Game Over by SDPN. We are happy to have you. Please make sure you hit like and subscribe. So, obviously, the first period, five power plays. Half the period spent on special teams, but the Leafs actually, thank goodness, even though they take the first penalty, we'll talk about that. The Leafs do score first, but McCabe taking him down, Leafs legend Jared McCann. Uh, six oh, minutes, into, three minutes into the game, the Leafs actually killed that off, thank goodness. And then the Leafs get a power play. And it sort of the first half hour of the game, they were trading penalties like nobody's business. And for Mitch Marner to come out and he didn't, we all thought we were all hoping he was going to get the game winner last game, even though it doesn't count as a game winning goal um, for him to come out and play the way that he did with the, with the bubble as opposed to the cage. Uh, he may never take the bubble off again. Yeah. Uh, easily his best game of the season. Obviously, you know, if you score a hat trick, you've got a pretty good game going uh, last game. Fuad and I were kind of talking about how Matthews and Marner were struggling and, you know, they were both pointless, I think in the past three games. And, you know, I brought up that, you know, these guys are elite players. They're going to find their game, and it really did not take Marner very long. And, uh, yeah, there's a reason they get paid the way they do. And, obviously, bad stretches happen, but when they go, they're elite. Like, you know, these guys are probably some of the best players in the league. So, yeah, Marner just was incredible tonight. And it, it was right from the from the first shift, too. Like, he was flying out there. And... Yeah, it's it's good to see because uh, I know that a lot of people were down on him, especially these past few games. So, yeah. And even though he even though he didn't score last game, he had that ridiculous hit 
in the yeah. other end. And it was like, yeah. I didn't even know he was capable of doing that because he does it so rarely. And it felt like after the injury, he was kind of fed up with Florida's crap a little bit and was giving it back. And even though he didn't end up scoring, it really felt like he was super motivated in this game. Like he yeah. was skating harder. He was skating faster. He was winning a lot of his puck battles. He was getting in shooting lanes. He was just kind of everywhere. Like, just kind of everywhere. And it was so good to see. And he just looked so happy when that first goal went in. And the second yeah. goal in the second period as well. Like, it seemed like the more he played, the better he was playing, which is just a breath of relief. Not even fresh yeah. air. Just relief. Even though Matthews yeah. in score tonight, and he's what now? Goalless in nine? As long yeah, as he's assisting. He's assisting on Mitch Marner. As long as one of them is scoring, I don't really care which one is scoring. Because they're both yeah. getting points. It's fine. Yeah, and that first power play goal was a thing of that perfectly executed. Yep. Like, really perfectly executed. And Tavares doesn't get an assist on that. But the work he did, because I think it was Marner and Tavares were up against Alexiak and uh, I think it was Adam Larson in a puck yep. battle. And those are two big defensemen. Both over 6'4". Yeah, it was a puck battle along the boards. And Tavares came out with the puck laid it beautifully to Austin Matthews, who sends it to the point to William Nylander. And, like, Mitch Marner had a wide-open net. There's, yeah, He could have been the worst player in the league, and he was scoring that. Like, that was a perfect pass by Willie. And, uh, yeah, it's just a perfectly executed play by our, you know, top power play unit. Yeah. And, like, yeah, just, like, really, really, really good start to the game. And, uh, you know, McCann... Uh, drew the first penalty and he played a big factor in this game. Yep. I'm sure we will talk about him later, but uh, as the game went on, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, we don't have Justin Hall. We don't have Alex Kerfoot. Damn, wouldn't McCann be nice to have right now? You know, it's like, like they start off the game so and sad. they're like, oh, 40 goal scorer, Jared McCann. And I'm just like, fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, so it, brutal. Like, it's it is, so it is, brutal. It's incredibly brutal, and, like, the Kraken aren't doing too hot right now. No. And it's uh, majorly due to the fact that their their on-ice shooting percentage is, like, way worse than last year. Like, last year they were finishing on so many more shots. I think yep. they were first in the league in shooting percentage last year, yep. and now they're down to, like, 25th. And a big part of that was um, Jared McCann. I think he—I don't know what he's shooting. It's, it's still a high number, but he shot, like, 25% last year. And so into this going into this game, I was like— Thinking to myself, I was like, okay, you know, he's regressing to the mean. And then uh, I, I was just thinking to myself before the game, I was like, yeah, I know he's definitely scoring. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no chance. There's no. no chance he's not scoring. He's he's had a, not not a tough year, but he's just, you know, uh, finishing less and mm -hmm. going up against the Leafs. Yeah, he's, he's potting at least a couple. Yeah. And uh, Leafs and legend Jared McCann. <laughs> yeah. The greatest Leaf that never was, you know. <laughs> he was, it's weird, eh? He was like a Leaf for what, like a like a cup, like a week. Yeah, it was. It was something like a week. And it was like a week and a half. Never played. Dude, never got a number. We nothing traded. Like that. I know. McCann, I know. Like when we traded. Well, let's for him. let's not fall into this. We got to keep yeah, talking okay. about the game. We got. We'll talk about this later. Because I see you and I both like holding hands and sliding down the slide. So we need to like let's rein it in. We'll get back to McCann in the second half. We have to talk about how many penalties there were in the first period. There was three yeah. penalties uh, against Seattle and there was two penalties against the Leafs. It was really, it, it, so the Leafs take a penalty first and then this, and then the Kraken take two penalties and then the Leafs take another penalty. And then they actually finish um, the first period. The Leafs finish the first period on the power play and yeah. it, they have a four on four opportunity. Neither team capitalizes, which honestly it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, Grubauer had a ridiculous save, save on William Nylander, like halfway yeah. through the first. Oh my goodness! Right was after that the poke check, yes, where, yeah, where oh, Willie was in, like, yes, pretty much alone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, but the the you know we end the first period. The Leafs are up one nothing, and like we said at the beginning, it very easily could have been three nothing. Grubauer was very good, and the Leafs hit a post more than once, and it really it felt like the game was gonna be a good game for Leafs fans and just like okay I can watch this and just feel okay about it uh yeah. they, even at the beginning of the second period right 21 seconds left Marner actually scores as the power play is expiring uh the rest of the goals for basically the rest of the game every single goal was top shelf yeah dude, did you uh, notice that yeah, there was 
There was no goal that I think could have been stopped by either goalie. It was just really, unless really, really phenomenal. Unless finishing. you're Dennis Hildeby or or who's another really tall goalie, where they're like six foot eight and they just cover the top of the net. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the way goalies are trending now. Anyways, yeah. like there's very few goalies that are yeah. smaller than like I think Pecorine or no, was it Pecorine? You see Saros, one of one of them. No, one of Saros the is little. Is sh- Saros yeah, is little. Saros is little. Yeah, that he's one of the few little goalies left and. Yeah, but uh, he's also yeah, not just... playing very well. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> I have Tristan Jari on my fantasy team, and he scored a goal. Did you know that today? You like a, ten minutes ago. And that's great for you. Goal. That's great for you. <laughs> it doesn't show up in my fantasy team. Oh, really? What? But you know, it is what it is. That's criminal. Uh, the first period was excellent, and as you mentioned, special teams like played a huge factor into it. Uh, we scored a power play goal, obviously, but uh, I want to note that the PK has been really, really good lately. And in that first period specifically, it was great. I thought they were excellent. They were very aggressive to the point and they were forcing really bad passes where the Kraken ended up clearing the zone themselves just from a, you know, a bad pass to the point. That faltered as the game went on, I thought. And uh, I think, uh, I believe they scored a power play goal in the second. Am I mistaken in that? The first uh, McCann yes. goal? Yeah, the McCann goal. I'm not sure if it was on a on a power play, but uh, yeah, uh, I thought the first period. We yeah, were it was excellent. on the Lagason trip. The Lagason trip yeah. was the power play yeah. he scored in. That was the power play. That was the penalty that the Leafs took right after their power play ended. The Lagason yeah. trip, and then the, the Seattle literally went on the power play as the Leafs were yeah. announcing the Marner goal, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. of course right um and then another four on four there was that big scrum the the scrum between yeah. benoit and alexiak uh seattle takes another hooking penalty the leafs kill or sorry the leafs take another hooking penalty there was hooking penalties left right and center tonight um joseph wall the more the game went on the better he played even though he did let in obviously more goals as the game went on he looked really good tonight if marner didn't, he was excellent if marner didn't score as many goals as he did he i mean you know, ideally, you don't want your goalie to let in three, right? In a perfect world, that doesn't happen. But realistically, unless you have your hand up by your ear for the whole game, sometimes people get top cheddar, especially the McCann goal. Like, he didn't see it. It was really, it was quite the snapshot. Like, it was yeah. it was a good goal. And it was a goal where I just, I just, you know, you close your eyes and you just wonder what it would be like if he had just... If he had just stayed as a leaf, if they had, if they had covered Can him instead of Joseph, Wall. no, 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 I know, I, I'm like pulling you down the slide. God damn it! Um, and then it was a rocket though, McCann. Like that yes, was a perfect shot. It was a great goal. And then Marner hat trick, the breakaway goal with 3:59 to go in the second period, um, and then a big save by Joseph Wall to to close out the second period. The Leafs go into the second intermission up three one. Like I was, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like I was fat and happy and like kind of scrolling on my phone at the end of the period. Yeah, I was. The Kraken really did play a much notes. better period in the second. Yes, yeah, they but, won the uh, second period for sure. But it was still like I, I wouldn't say like they controlled very intensely. I thought the the McCann goal was was obviously good, but I thought the PK the Leafs PK, PK faltered there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't as aggressive, and it sort of came a little too easy. Uh, but credit to the Kraken there because I think they they did a really good job on that power play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then after the Marner goal, uh, the broadcast that said that there were I think nine times that the Leafs have allowed a uh, a goal within two minutes of scoring their own. Hmm. And then right after they said that, is that I it? Think it was <laughs> <laughs> nine times in twenty games. It's insane. <laughs> uh, but right after they said that, I think Robertson was the guy, um, Nick Robertson, who failed to get the puck in deep, mm. and uh, it was a turnover, and it resulted in I would say like a minute or more of prolonged defensive zone time where the yeah. the cracking got a few chances. And last game, uh, we saw Keith yelling at Bertuzzi. And then after the game, he kind of came out and said it was because he didn't get the puck in deep and, uh, you know, right after scoring a goal. And it's the same thing. So obviously this is something that's on Keith's mind. And you right. saw it after when they showed Keith uh, talking to Nick Robertson, he was pretty much saying like, hey, that shift is on you. Yeah, that defensive zone time was all on you, and uh, Nick Robertson does have to. Now he's obviously a young player; mistakes are going to happen. Sure, but that is puck management where you kind of need to trust uh, 
you know, trust your players to get that puck in deep because otherwise you're losing momentum. And even just a defensive zone shift is losing momentum yep. when you just scored a goal. Like you're you're just giving them too much. But uh well and, overall and it's only no yeah. and it's only the end of November, but like shifts like that are series changers in the playoffs. And yeah. I know it's everybody's gonna say it's too early, but it's literally little things like that because you know, we, you talked about, and we've both said so far tonight, that the Leafs' PK so far, at least in the last couple of games, and at, even at the beginning of this game, has been very good. Which is great because for a while there, they could not clear the zone in their own yeah. end to save their life. And it was so frustrating yeah. to watch. And it feels a little bit like some of those bad habits are starting to sneak up, where there was more than two occasions tonight where the Leafs were handed in their own end for more than a minute and a half. If we're including overtime, then it was oh, that overtime like Matthew two shift minutes. There for like oh my two gosh. And a half minutes? Yes. Oh God. And, yeah. and yeah. the inability to close the gap. And as you, as you play, if you know hockey, the more exhausted that you get. So if you don't clear the zone in essentially the first 50 seconds, you're hoping for them to accidentally clear the zone or your goalie gets a save and he holds the yeah, puck. and freezes it. Yeah. Yes, because once they start cycling it back and forth, even though there's only three players and there's more space, the fact of the matter is the longer you're out there, the more tired that you are. And it showed it, it's rearing its ugly head on the PK earlier in the game. And then it did it again in overtime. Thank goodness Joseph Wall is how good he is. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness he played as well as he did tonight. Because the last yeah. couple games, the Leafs have hung him out to dry. They have allowed over 65 shot attempts in the last two games that he started. And it's just not good enough. There's no reason that the Leafs should have almost lost this game. Yeah, when you're up 3-1, and we'll get into the third period. But when you're up 3-1, that should be a game, and one period left, that should be a game that is pretty easy to close out. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't even think the Leafs played all that poorly. No. But when the 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 Kraken did score their two goals, the Leafs were just caught way too soft on the puck. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into those goals. But like Tolvanen's goal, the three-two goal. Yeah. Which happened. I don't. I don't know when in the third period. I think six, six fifth, minutes in. Six minutes yeah. and fifteen seconds in. Top. Yeah. Shutter. The Leafs get. They just get caught playing way too soft. Yep. He goes right past Camp. Who just stops skating after he does a weak stick check and then Riley is way too far back. There's no gap control. Yeah. He doesn't stick check the, the shot. And it's a, it's just it's a prime area. It's a dangerous area. And you're giving it to a pretty good shooter in Tolvanen. Like that that's not a shot that should ever even happen. You know? Like that's very close to the net to allow a clean shot like that. And so I was really disappointed in the defensive structure there because that should not that you, you need to play it tighter, especially if you're up two goals. Like, that's the point where I expect the most commitment to playing a defensive game. And on that goal, I thought we were soft. And then on Jared McCann's uh, the 3-3 goal, Benoit is uh, checking, I think it was, um, who was it? Alex Weber. He was on the I other believe. side of the ice. Like, that should have been Brody paying attention, and he just didn't see McCann coming. Like, yeah, McCann so came in missed- off the bench, and that was it. Brody was in no man's land. Yeah. He wasn't even. He was just standing in front of the goal. (laughs) He missed the assignment. But when Benoit was attacking, I think it was Alex Wenberg, he cross checks him a couple times. But then when he cross checks him, he gets like pushed back a little. And it fully allows Wenberg all the time of the day to turn around and get a clean pass off. Yep. And wait for McCann to get into position. Yeah. It's just not something that we can allow. Yeah. That shot attempt shouldn't even be there yeah because that should have been cleaned up well before because benoit should have stayed close to his man yes the fact that it was such an easy pass to make and mccann was so open like seattle has some good shooters they might not be doing all too hot in shooting percentage right now but that is going to regress to the mean they have good shooters and jared mccann and eli tolvanen all their goal scorers today are snipers they can score yep there's a reason they got to the second round last year yeah, you got to be aware of who's on the ice. Yeah. And uh, those two goals in the third period were really disappointing for me because I think defensively uh, we were having a pretty solid game up until that yeah. point. Um, and we just left Wall completely out to dry. And they made no mistake. Wall didn't have a chance. No, they hung him out to dry tonight. 
unfortunately, you know. And thank goodness he played as well as he did because if another one of our goalies in the last four years is in net, we probably lose the game. Realistically. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it was, it's really, it's so hard to not, because they did play well defensively at the beginning of the game, but then it's like, what happened and yeah, it, it sort of it just continuously it was kind of anomalistic. Throughout. Like it just kind yeah. of came from nowhere because the beginning of the game they look really good. Even into the second period, even at the end of the second, like they did they win the period? No, but they were doing pretty well. And yeah, it was just you know a couple of mistakes here and there, and they get scored on. And and thank goodness Joseph Wool is as good as he is. And also I see you all in the chat. Thank you. Uh, I I this is. A friend of mine. The shirt? Yes. The the Joe Ferguson, the Flowbuds shirt. You can buy it on Etsy. Uh, I have a, I put the link in the uh, in the chat if you want to hit him up. Please make sure if you're going to buy this shirt, buy it from, from Flowbuds. Don't buy any of the knockoffs. He he made this art. And uh, I actually, I, I know Joe. We like have a group chat. And uh, I actually saw this before it came out and it was, it was kind of cool to be a part of it. Um, so... Yeah, thank goodness. I'm glad that this shirt actually literally came in today. I saw it and I haven't streamed in like a week and a half. I was very glad that it came in because he, the last couple of games, has been the best player on the Leafs every game. Don't get me wrong. I know Mitch Marner got a hat trick tonight and I'm sure he got the belt. Hat trick and the shootout winner. Definitely deserved it. Yes. Unfortunately, (laughs) I didn't register that. But like, you know, Joseph Wall has been as advertised and he's been oh, so good. More than advertised, I yeah. think. Like, he's yeah. been really good. Is Especially he... these these last two games. Yes. Like, we did, I don't think, like, honestly, like, I thought it was a pretty even game overall. But when uh, the Kraken got the 3-3 tie, mm-hmm. I thought they controlled play pretty hardcore after yeah. that. Like, and McCann then... had a really good chance right after they scored the 3-3 yeah. goal, he, where he made a good pass to Eberle yep. for a a chance in tight and then they just controlled like all of ot essentially yeah um yeah if we didn't have wall Yarn- i think we would be zero points out of four yeah yarn croak had that opportunity like with one minute to go and like yeah. you got to give it to the fans that were in the building tonight with like a minute left everybody was standing everybody was stoked yeah. we all thought that if mitch wasn't gonna go get a goal someone else was because it just it felt like they had that momentum and unfortunately it doesn't carry over into overtime basically for the first two and a half minutes the leafs are just hemmed in their own zone like a couple of little fishies in their little beta pond over and over again. And yeah. I was, as time went on, I was like, is this seriously going to go to a shootout guys? Like I know it's almost Friday, but come on. And then, you know, it goes to the shootout. William Nylander. Uh, I love you. Uh, you're not doing so good in the shootout. Oh, for five on the season. He's a great player, but yeah, his shootout game is uh, not, not as good. And it's kind of weird. Cause he has like such a, like unstoppable move in OT when he gets past a, a defender. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just doesn't translate that well to the shootout, but the shootout's barely hockey anyways. So. Yeah. There's no shootout in the playoffs, right? Thank goodness. Exactly. Um, And Austin Matthews scores and Mitch Marner to seal the game. The Leafs win it 4-3 in the shootout. My freaking goodness. Uh, by the skin of their teeth. I actually, for those of you that don't know, I actually, I have a secret love for the Seattle Kraken. They're my West Coast team. Uh, I was considering putting the jersey up, but then it went to shootout and they almost won. So I, <laughs> I love them except when they're playing the Leafs and then I have to be a Leafs fan. But I have like my inaugural season patch that I got to put on my jersey still and everything. But yeah, the, the Kraken haven't been playing super well this year, um, unfortunately for me. But you know, it was a good. It was a pretty good hockey game. Like it, it was, was a more, great hockey. It was game. more stressful than I wanted it to be in the in the third quarter or in the third period. But it was it was a good hockey game. Even though it went to the shootout and it's not real hockey, I digress. It was still a good game, and you know, first first star goes to first star goes to Mitch Marner. Second star goes to Leafs legend Joseph Wall, and third star goes to uh, Leafs legend Jared McCann. <laughs> So let's you and I together and let's all as friends jump down the rabbit hole. Okay. Jared McCann, the greatest leaf that there never was. Do you remember who we traded to get Jared McCann? Uh, Was it Evan Rodriguez? No, I think we did. We get Evan Rodriguez in that deal. Hold on. Let me look it up. It was a Philip Hallander and a seven. Okay. Seventh round pick. Right. For Jared McCann. 40 goals scored. We left him. 
<laughs> we left him exposed and uh him and Kerfoot exposed to keep our very favorite defenseman <laughs> Justin Hall. Now at the time, I will admit I wasn't that mad. Now I knew I liked Jared McCann's game. I liked it a yeah. lot. But as None Leaf fans, I think this. we were clamoring for good defensemen, mm -hmm. as every team does. Mm -hmm. And Justin Hall's a right D mm -hmm. on a really good contract at the time yep. with only $2 million. Um, I understood why we did that. Now, with that being said, Jared McCann had a good contract as well. I think he was getting paid $3 million, Yep. Uh, for that last year. And then he was an RFA, so they retained rights. Mm-hmm. He was good before this. I think a lot of people knew that he was good before he yes. became a 40-goal scorer. Like, everyone knew he had a great shot. He had great underlying uh, numbers. He was a good yep. offensive All the evidence winger. was there, Your Honor. A really good offensive winger. And now, where the Leafs are, and where they were last season, and we're looking, and we're searching for that secondary scoring that's not in the top four, like, and we get guys like Tyler Bertuzzi to fill that hole. We get guys like Max Domi, who still hasn't scored, by the way, to fill that hole. And we had him. And we gave him up for Justin fucking Hall. Is that the Leafs' like worst decision? Like from a management player, like player dealership kind of way? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that yeah. the worst call in terms of contracts that the Leafs have made in the last, I don't you know, know like, five it, years? It's tough to it's gotta say. It's got to be up and there, right? In terms of, like, managerial and player management decisions, like, that in – with hindsight, like, at the time, it really was a crapshoot. We thought that they yeah. were kind of even keeled. Maybe not in terms of, like, point production, but we thought that Kerford and McCann were more closely related and similar as players than it turns out that they were, right? Like, Yeah, well, well I always thought, like, if, if we were to keep one of them, I think McCann would be kept over Kerfoot. I think it came down to do we want to keep a forward versus a D, and they right. chose defenseman. And, you know, to be fair, if we lost Hall, we would have had to replace replace him. We didn't right. have anyone internally to to step up at that point on the Marlies, and we would have had to to look at the, the market. And I think that year was the year that, like, guys like Goodbranson got four-by-four four deals, mm -hmm. you know? Like, defensemen are, generally speaking, a little overpaid for what you're getting especially right shot sure. There is an inflated market there. So I understand to some degree a cap strap team saying, hey, we have a very good, or not a very good, a respectable right-handed defenseman who can play top four minutes for $2 million. We cannot lose that. I understand that. But it has not worked out yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Like Justin Hall became a whipping boy the very next year. And yeah. he's off to Detroit. Uh, for like $3.4 million, and Jared McCann has is a 40-goal scorer. He's got an insanely high shooting percentage, and that's not just luck. He's an incredible shot. He would He's be fast. so dynamite with a guy like Mitch Marner. He would be so good as a complimentary winger with guys who are so elite at play driving, you know, to get him open looks. And like, all we're doing oh, is, like, all we're doing it would is... solve so many problems. Like, we're just playing, like, knife roulette with our hands thinking about these things because all we're doing is causing ourselves pain. And yeah. for the people that are like, oh, the Rask Raycraft trip, I literally said in the last five years. Like, in terms yeah, of player yeah. management in the last five years and decisions on who we resign and who I we think don't... I think the one is maybe Kadri Berry. And that might be, right, like, but, yeah. as bad. Just because Barry just really didn't work out. And uh, it's funny, Kerfoot was involved in both of those bad managerial decisions. But, uh, <laughs> but you know. Like two players that ended up becoming overused and overutilized in situations they shouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, all, that's another thing. Like, Keefe, I think, did really trust Kerfoot and Hall. Right. And there's something to speak about how, you know, Nick Robertson and Max Domi have a shorter leash yeah. than guys like David Kampf right now, even sure. though they're probably more skilled players. When you give a little defensively, like, you know, coaches don't want to be risky. They don't want to make risk risky moves, and, mm -hmm. and especially defensively, you want to be solid. So I understand the value of Kerfoot and, and somewhat Hall. On but, paper. But yeah, it's just like, you know, when we're looking at it now, it's just like the secondary scoring is one of our biggest problems over the past year and a half two yep. years and that was right at the point where we could have solved it yep. ahead of time and 
it's just a little sad that we see McCann thriving as much as he is. It's insane. It's, it's honestly insane. I didn't even expect him to be a 40 goal scorer. So no, I'm not even. I don't like, think any of at, us like, did. Hindsight's like, 2020, but yeah, like, that's Jesus exactly Christ, right. Man. Right. It's easy for us to sit here now in at the beginning of December 2023 and say, oh, the Leafs should have made a different decision four and a half years ago. Like, yeah. And no, like, anybody could do that, right? Like, if I had made different decisions 10 years ago, I would have invested $100 in Bitcoin. And then, you know, I would have different problems in life. And it's it's to look back at decisions that were made, even though we're talking about it, I feel like we all needed to just get out and vent about it. Please vent your comments in the chat. Don't be mean to each other. But you're feel free to express your rage and express your frustration and the fact that he's... Isn't he currently, like the like the highest goal scorer on the kraken like in its history now like he's like oh, yeah I'm, I'm sure i mean he was their highest goal scorer last year so right and, the, and they've only had like three years so, yeah. yeah and this year like he's on he's on pace to score a whole bunch like he's already scored yeah you know he's, he's gotten 10 goals he's at, he, yeah he's at like 11 goals now after tonight yeah 11 and, goals after tonight yeah. and so it's easy to look back and say, oh, well, what if we had kept him? Like, why don't we do that with Barbashev or Barabanov, too, while we're at it, right? Like, I, yeah. I we have to talk about it, but at the same time, like, it, there's a chance that if he stayed on the Leafs, he wouldn't have had the opportunities that he had. He wouldn't have had the ice time. And maybe he yeah. never even, he maybe he never even goes past 30 goals. And let's be real. He broke out after signing the $5 yes. uh, million dollar deal. Yeah, the extension. Like, yeah, so... There's a bit of luck involved there. Like, if yeah. he broke out before that $5 million deal, we probably wouldn't even be able to keep him. We couldn't you know say I mean? his like name. If he, if, he, if he stayed in the in the Leafs, yeah. and then he scored, like, 30 goals in his first year, and then he asked for $6.5 million, yeah. we're not keeping him. We can't. Yeah. We don't have the money for it. So, you know, I understand why it was done, but it just hurts now. Yeah. But, it's like know, it's like driving away and seeing someone in the rearview mirror that you don't want to leave at the airport, but you're like, you have yeah. to go. I'm sorry. So another thing is the Leafs still only have five regulation wins in 21 games. Yep. Which is an insane stat, especially considering I think they have 12 wins total, which means they've won more in outside of regulation than in regulation. Uh, and I'm curious what the the, the the record is on that you know in terms what? of like OT slash shootout wins yeah. in season. because. We're especially this early especially this yeah. early because it feels and i don't even want to say this out loud in case like the hockey guys are secretly listening to sdpn um if the flames last year if the overtimes go the other way for the flames last year because last year the flames couldn't win an overtime or the shootout to save their lives if it goes the other way, then they're where the Leafs are right now. Yeah. And it went the other way for the Flames. And they had a terrible year last year. Uh, R.I.P. Peter and Audie. Uh, and this year, they're still, they still haven't recovered. And it is highly unnerving, at least to me, for the Leafs to be so to be tap dancing on the precipice of this tightrope of falling off this yep. awful cliff because I'm real glad that they pulled out those wins and they have the points and, Oh, it doesn't matter how, uh, it will. It, it, it does it matter will. how. It will. Yeah. Like it might not matter on, you know, how many points we have at the end of the season, but it sure as hell matters for the playoffs and how we play there. Process driven, hockey like you need to have a good process and we've literally gone to ot i think 10 times out of 21 games so far this season that's um a good thing in some ways like we fought back every time we're down so hooray congratulations to us but uh they don't know how to win in regulation which is scary man they need to learn how to close out games uh you know because OT three on three overtime in the shootout yeah. doesn't exist. It does not exist in the playoffs. You don't get that much space. You don't get that much time. You don't have a one on one with the with the goalie. No, it'll never happen. So figure <sighs> out how to win when things get tight. When you don't have that much space, figure out how to close out games because it's just like the results are wild. 
five regulation wins. That's it in 21 games. Armand. We're at like the Nick, bottom of the league there. Nick Archery in the chat said less regulation wins than too many men penalties. And I feel personal. Like, I feel attacked. It's not even it's not even close. It's not even like <laughs> one like one off. Oh. You have five regulation wins and like eight or something like that too many men penalties you know what it feels like That's it feels insanity. like we need to have a whiteboard of like days since last too many men penalties it's honestly it like it blows my mind how much we go to overtime and oh. to be fair like 10 times out of 21 games we've gone to overtime and i think we've won something like probably seven, seven. i think of those yeah, yeah? which is a really good rate. Yep. But it's also not sustainable. Not, <laughs> that's not hockey. Yeah, that's just not how playoff hockey is, obviously. Yeah. Because it's a different format. And that's not how, like, regular hockey. You don't get, like, you know, we're winning because of the skill we have. And they have the opportunity and the time and space and overtime to, to showcase that skill or in the shootout. Yeah. And it's just not there in regulation. And you need to figure out a way, if you want to be a good playoff team... To, to play better, play five better on five. defensively, play better at five on five, because the five on five numbers are not good in terms of results, but also not good in terms of process. Like they're expected they're just goals. Not good. <laughs> they're barely like even, I think. Yeah. Like at 50%, which is you're not in the crop of teams that we consider elite. No. You know? Like Vegas and Colorado and those teams that we consider Stanley Cup favorites are just in a completely different tier than us at five on five play right now yeah. and we need to figure it out because yeah. it's so concerning yeah. that night in and night out we're in these wild games that go back and forth that end up in overtime and then we win by the skin of our teeth you know in, in pretty much a one goal game consistently yeah um and i don't know yeah, about like, you guys but i'm kind of sick of the uh late night overnight penalties or the late night overnight <laughs> yeah. game, uh, shootout. Also, can we just appreciate? I know this is really unprofessional. Can we just appreciate Mitch Marner, yeah, Mitch Marner. I, with I the bubble on? Come that. on, let's go. He is very deserving of the belt tonight. That's great. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm actually just gonna look up because uh, chat. If you want to get your questions, and we're gonna answer them in just a minute. Uh, let's really briefly talk about the Zadorov. Uh, trade from the flames to the canucks for a 2024 fifth and a 2024 six 2026 third, third rounder, rounder. Yeah. that's a quite a mouthful uh not the price tag that we were expecting however nope. obviously with no retention it changes the cost so yeah. it sounds like by all accounts the leafs were in on a trade but because they were going to need some retention, the Flames opted to save their money and get picks instead, landing him in a Canucks sweater. The game over on Saturday night, the head-to-head -head between the Canucks and the Flames is going to be magical. Yeah, they they got their crossover game on Saturday, so that'll yeah. be a fun game over stream for them. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's an underwhelming return for for the Flames, and I I, I would have thought the Leafs could have at least met or. You know, really, I think all they would need to do is meet that value because I, I'm sure the Flames didn't want to trade him to a divisional rival. Yeah. You know, when they're trying to compete for a playoff spot, they don't want the Canucks to get better. Yeah. Um, especially when they're not getting any roster players back. So, like, it's surprising to me because the third rounder is in 2026, which is a long ways away. Mm -hmm. um, and that's pretty low value, all things considered. And I was talking to Harnish about it too, and I was I brought up cap retention and how we probably needed them to retain cap. But then he brought up that Klingberg is on LTIR and he might not even play this season, and that's four million in LTIRs. Now, obviously, yeah. we don't know what's going on with Klingberg, and he may play, but it's sort of just up in the air. But it was surprising to me that uh, that that would be such a you know the the thing that stops the show for us in terms of the retention there. I know we're up against the cap, but I think we have a little more room to to maneuver this mm -hmm. with Klingberg's LTIR space. But also, Brad Treleving uh, has seen Zadorov play a hell of a lot. I know we're also in on Tanev, so we don't know what's going on yep. in, on that front. It's Maybe still we're early. trying to utilize that cap, uh, the cap for for Tanev. But it's it's interesting because you know we have uh, Treleving has said that they are looking at a trade for a defenseman. And it's it's completely separate from the injury troubles that we've had, and you know Giordano's out now too for 
a week to week with mm-hmm. the broken finger as well now. But separate to that, we were anyways looking. So to see a defenseman that we were in on go for such little value is it's it it's interesting. But also like I don't know much about Zadorov. His numbers are weird though. Have you seen his like expected goals versus Yes. So pers- yeah. I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but I'm low key glad that we didn't get Zadorov because everything that I've seen online tells me that he does make these really nice open ice hits on occasion he is sound defensively but that he makes jake gardner level level errors and that it often affects gameplay so i would rather get a tj brody type defenseman and i know that those don't grow on trees but i don't need (laughs) someone that's going to go and cave someone's face in off the wall like don't get me wrong it would be nice to have adam fox or jacob truba but it's not in the cards i would rather have a player uh i actually think that i actually feel like at this point i would rather trade for a defenseman from another team than calgary like yeah. I would rather trade with the Columbus or I would rather trade no longer with Philly because that's no longer on the table because they're doing well. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you make a trade with the Oilers because they need some offense or you make a trade. I don't I don't want any of the Oilers to men. Not the honest. Oilers, the Islanders. Sorry, the, okay, they wear the same colors. Say, I don't want CC back. No. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. But yeah, like I agree with you. Like his numbers sort of reminded me of what hall looked like where his advanced stats were pretty solid like he's like a 54 percent expected mm-hmm. goals guy on you know like not offensive minutes like he's getting pretty defensive minutes but then you look at his like actual goals percentage and it's like 36.7 or something like that where you know it's it's not good and then i i remember i talked to i think it was a peter from game over toronto about it and it was i was just like like what is that like are is that just unluckiness and then you know we were talking about it and yeah, he said he he makes some boneheaded moves, and you know if you're good eighty percent of the time on the ice, but that twenty percent of the time you're not good, it ends up in the back of your net. Yeah, when you make a really dumb decision. Yeah, um, that would probably be a little frustrating. Yep. Now, I don't think he's a bad defenseman. No, but I think he's like a five to six guy. You know, like mm-hmm. a give him doesn't some move the sheltered meter. minutes. Yeah, but doesn't move the meter. Obviously. Like, the physicality there is amazing. Sure. You, you know, like, his, he, he makes some crushing hits, which I'm sure the Leafs fans would love. Yeah. And he's a pretty, uh, you know, Big passionate dude. personality yep. as well in terms of his comments, uh, which I'm sure the Leafs fans would love as well to show some some drive there. But, yeah, the results are, are interesting to me. So I, I'm curious how he does in, in with the Canucks. You know, he's been in the West uh, Western Conference his entire career, so I – don't have a ton of chances to see him play yeah but uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting i'm i'm not too sad that we didn't get him no after seeing i'm not heartbroken i'm not i'm not heartbroken yeah but i am surprised that he went for that low i thought he would have commanded a little more uh as a return yeah i i I kind of feel the same i'm i like i'm glad i'm i'm sad that the leafs didn't make a trade yet uh actually one of the questions from nick in the chat is the pressure on the leafs even more now to get their blue line sorted out trade-wise. I think so. I think the timer has been ticking since the beginning of the season, and I think with the injuries that we've had, I think that someone has probably twisted the egg timer and it's a little bit close to midnight. Um, I think that the pressure is always on the Leafs, but I also think that if you make a quick trade as a knee-jerk reaction, then it's probably a bad trade. I would rather you wait. I would rather wait another couple weeks See if the Leafs can make any changes. See if Lilligren comes back. There's another question. Icarus above. Heard anything about Lilligren lately? Uh, I believe he skated yesterday, but Keith said that he is nowhere close to returning. Yeah. So both good and bad. Um, yeah. So it sounds like he's a ways away, but I also don't know if he's the answer. Yeah, well, you know, Lilligren also has great numbers, but he's also someone who I think is prone to making like I you know the big mistake. This is going to be but controversial. I, I wouldn't be against seeing him go the other way in oh, an exchange. I don't know. I'm I, I, saying... I'm, I'm high on Lilligren. I really mm-hmm. like his transitional game. Like, I think he has holes in his game. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. And I think he does make the occasional really not great play mm-hmm. that ends up in the back of the net. But overall, I think he's very much a positive asset. 
But with that being said, you know, three of our, our top six demon are out long term right now. Yeah. So obviously I think that adds pressure to the Leafs. Um, a guy that I know we are in on because Kevin Weeks reported this as well. Um, what is Tanev uh, from the Flames? I really like Tanev. He's on the wrong side of thirty, and he's got a lot of wear and tear on him. What's but, that supposed uh, to mean? It was my birthday this week. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was it was sitting on the goal line. I had to push it in. But yeah, he's he's got a lot of wear and tear on him. So uh, I don't know in terms of you know how he plays now, but his numbers are still pretty solid. He's a great defenseman. He was a really good defenseman uh, in the past as well. So he's someone I have a lot of interest in. So I'm curious to see if we can get something done with Calgary there. Mm-hmm. It would certainly be interesting. It would certainly be interesting. Uh, Luke, a uh, frequent flyer in Game Over. Welcome back, Luke. Uh, question. Everyone has been talking about getting a D-man. You said damn, but I know you meant D-man. But is that the only trade they need? What other pieces is the team missing? Uh, I think that that's where the conversation starts is probably with a D-man. I think that if you go further into the season and Ilya Samsonov isn't able to be the Ilya Samsonov that we know he can be, and if you have Joseph Wool as your starter and you don't have confidence in a backup, then maybe something needs to happen because we no longer have Michael Hutchinson as our third goalie. Uh, now, having said that, I believe that like Dryden McKay and Keith Petrozelli, um, I think Martin Jones and Martin Jones. Oh yeah. The Martin Jones is our third. That's right. And Dennis so, uh, Hildeby. Yeah. Right. Martin Jones, I think would be our three. Right. Yeah. Martin Jones three. is the third and then Hildeby is fourth and Hildeby, I believe is the guy that's like six foot eight. If I, yeah, he's, he's a, he's, he's a tall, massive. He's a tall boy. Yeah. So, and he's been pretty solid in the AHL yeah. from what I've seen as well. So, but I so don't know. I don't know that you could like, I don't think, so I don't think a goalie trade is necessary because we do have Martin Jones. I did forget that he existed because he hasn't played a game as a Leaf yet. Not in the regular season anyway. Um, I think the conversation starts with at least like a top four defenseman somewhere there maybe. And then you have to try and figure out something with the bottom six. Now, having said that, uh, the, there's no opportunity because you signed Ryan Reeves to a three-year contract, and uh, I don't know that he's going to want to go anywhere now. Well, that's fine. It, it, like, wave him. If he wants to go somewhere, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to do what he says, really. Like, it, his contract is mostly variable, so I'm not too worried about Ryan Reeves, other than maybe pissing him off, but who cares? Um, the bottom six, I think, is actually pretty solid right now. I, I don't have an issue with our forward group as much anymore i want to see domi obviously score a goal right. you know we're 21 games into the season and he still hasn't scored um he's had a few chances uh it just hasn't gone in for him but i like that line i like the domi robertson chemistry i think the moment robertson stepped on the ice domi elevated his game quite a bit and you know you you see domi and he's a he's a very skilled passer um and you see nick robertson and he's a very skilled shooter it's sort of like a match made in heaven but they're two small guys um, who probably don't play as much defensive minutes as uh, Keith would like in the bottom six in terms of how much he trusts uh, his bottom six to play defensively. Yeah. But with that being said, I think you take the good with the bad there. I think having that secondary scoring option is what we want, especially when we have guys like Matthews and Marner and our elite players who you can trust defensively, who can take on the best matchups on the opposing team and still succeed. Yeah. You know, so... I don't think we need to go out and get a purely defensive bottom six like we have done in the past. No, I don't think um, we need David Kampf 2.0. We have one of yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind. I, I What I'm saying is I wouldn't necessarily mind, like, more scoring in the bottom. I wouldn't yeah. mind trying to swing the, the pendulum the other way and, like, see if we could establish a shutdown line because that's where David Kampf plays best. He, like, don't get me wrong, he is no... Uh, What's his name over? He he played on the Canadians and then he got traded Deneau. to the Kings. Deneau, yes. He is no Philip Deneau, but he is the closest thing that the Leafs have had to a forward that plays that kind of role in a long time. I wouldn't mind yeah. having a fourth line that's more of a shutdown role because that's where he succeeds. If you have someone that has some defensive, some offensive upswing with good defense with David Camp, and if you're able to trade for someone or maybe Bobby McCann can, or Bobby McMahon can suddenly play really you well defensively. 
<laughs> I know. Bobby Listen, it was Brian difficult. Slept. It was difficult writing McCabe trips McCann, and then <laughs> and then McMahon was also on the ice. Okay, like there was a lot going on. Um, if if Bobby McMahon is able to play a little bit more defensive, then maybe yeah. you can make a shutdown line that can roll over onto the first line of the other team. That if if I could like wave a magic wand, we have a shutdown line again, like we did last year. The problem yeah. is, is I wasn't willing to pay, you know, Pierre Engvall $4 million for the next seven years to keep him to be a giant <laughs> seven a foot tall contract. giraffe <laughs> pylon. Years. Yes. Yeah. $28 million. Congratulations, Pierre Engvall. I hope you enjoy Long Island because you're never being traded with that bucket of a contract. My freaking goodness. Um, do we, Is there any more questions in the chat that we would like to get to? Uh, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think we covered most of it. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I would like the, the Leafs to get a regulation win next. But... Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, if we could do that, when do they play next? Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Okay. Well, if they could do that Saturday, that would be great. I think I'm on that show. I believe you are. Interesting. Did I screen cap it? I did. I'm a smart panda. Yes, it is Fuad and I against the Bruins on Saturday. It's going to be a good show. The Bruins is always a, a tough watch. It, it'll be interesting to see who starts on Saturday. Um, I uh, I think that Joseph Wall probably deserves another game just because he's been playing so well. Um, oh, yeah. I but think I, you, you leave him. Yeah, but I also don't really want to see him shelled. So the I guess we will find out. I'm sure there will be a morning skate tomorrow, and we'll get some information. Hopefully, we can get some information. Uh, we were they were expecting some answers about John Klingberg and all of that by the weekend. So hopefully, we get some of those answers for you. Um, if we do get those answers, we will certainly talk about it on Saturday. But for now, thank you for watching. Game over. Uh, it has been a joy having you here. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're listening in the morning or on your way to or from work on Friday. Uh, I hope you have a good weekend. Um, I hope you are all able to come back on Saturday. It was so good to see you. I haven't been on for a week and a half and it was, it was good to be back. So, um, for game over, my name is Lauren. You can find me on Twitter. Sorry. X at Lauren in the six Armand. And you can find me at Armand Pontiki on Twitter slash X. Absolutely. And please make sure you do go check out uh, the other chats tonight. I believe there's Edmonton and Winnipeg game overhead Winnipeg, head yeah. tonight. And is Winnipeg still winning? I, did, I haven't checked the score in ages. Uh, Edmonton won. Wow. Okay. Three goals in the third period. Nice. So that'll be a fun well, one. Well, then please go <laughs> check out game over Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, and you can go watch Brady's head explode. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you Saturday. Yeah. Yeah!